Good morning. This is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Tim Dunavant, who is the pastor at Smith Memorial United Methodist Church and Gainsboro United Methodist Church. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Tim. Good morning. Well, I hear, I have it on good authority that you are an excellent cook. I don't know about that, but I like to cook, uh, and most people enjoy my cooking. What do you like to cook? Do you have a specialty? Well, I do a lot of uh, hunting, so I love to cook what I hunt for. Okay. Uh, And so that's normally deer. Um, Probably my favorite go-to is stroganoff out of it. Stroganoff. Wow, deer stroganoff. Wonderful. And you like hot sauce, I understand, too. Yeah, I like everything spicy. As spicy as you can get it, I love it. Well, when did you start cooking? When I was a little kid, like six, seven years old, I would make stuff in the kitchen, and it might be as simple as a sandwich with some cheese toast made in the toaster. But as I made it, I would sit and talk about how I was making it, like I was performing for a TV show or something. And so I always enjoyed like trying to make things better and, and into high school cooking pizzas for people and throughout the community, and it was always a lot of fun. Wow. So at a young age, you were a culinary um, expert, it seems. No, but I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been an egg sandwich, but it was it was something divine to me. That's exciting. Um, so you had your deer stroganoff last night. What are your um, favorites to prepare in terms of like easiest? If you were going to do a, a, a cooking show for the, the Cookville folks and they were going to have a, an easy dinner recipe, how, what would you recommend? Uh, something I've been making a lot lately is ground meat. I say meat because it'll probably be deer for me right. or beef but for ground you. Ground beef, but yes. Ground beef with um, um, sautéed with a little bit of seasoning, you know, browned with some seasoning, some rotel tomatoes, uh, some green chilies, uh, some stuff like that, maybe even some taco seasoning. But I lay it in a pan and make hash brown casserole and put on top of it and then bake it. And it becomes a one-pot dish that's real easy to just throw in the oven and forget about it. And it comes out really good. So I call it cowboy casserole. Cow- Cowboy casserole. My family split on it. Only half of us like it. But. Oh, really? <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Cowboy casserole compliments of Pastor Tim. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, did you ever work as as a cook or a chef? Yes, I went to culinary school in Nashville at Nashville State and worked at all the restaurants I could there. I I had worked at a lot of restaurants already, um, but I noticed that uh, if I wanted to get into the finer dining of things that I needed a degree. And once I went to school for that, I worked at uh, the Tin Angel and Sunset Grill, uh, the Wild Boar, and then I was at Arthur's and Union Station for a while. And that was wow. kind of the the one that everybody still remembers restaurant work is tough i don't think people realize sometimes how tough it is it's a lot of late nights with uh, a lot of getting filthy and dirty cleaning the kitchen and and cooking and a lot of fast paced Mm -hmm. um, really quick think on your feet kind of stuff you know on friends monica made it look really easy she did. It doesn't really work out that way, and the chef coats are not white at the end of the night. Um, but, yeah, I bet they're not. But it's fun. 
Yeah. It's really gratifying because no matter what you do, uh, there's not a lot of responsibility. If you ruin something, you're talking about an hour out of somebody's day. So it's not that big a deal. And people really enjoy it. And so you get to make a lot of people happy in a short amount of time. That's fun. Well, I'm a dessert freak. Do you have dessert recipes for those of us who can't cook? Cheesecake is one of my favorites. A good cheesecake or carrot cake or creme brulee. Uh, None of those are off the top of my head, though. Yeah. They're all written down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, I could talk about food all day because I love food. But tell us a little bit about where you grew up, Tim. I grew up um, in West Tennessee in the cotton fields growing up in the country. And when we were about, I guess I was 10 years old, we moved to Nashville. So we went overnight from being in the middle of nowhere um, with the nearest McDonald's being 30 miles away to being in the midst of Nashville, being um, bussed into the inner city schools and being in an entirely different environment. Wow. Was it culture shock? Um, It was a little bit for me and for my classmates. They didn't understand a word I said with my accent, but uh, it was... um it gave me a good perspective growing up on two different worlds, on those that live in the rural communities and those in their urban environments. And I kind of feel like I have one foot in both. That's kind of nice, though, isn't it, yeah. as a pastor, to be able to relate to, to people in both situations? Definitely. And it was really a, um, the small town was a throwback from the 50s. It just had never grown out of that. So it was like living in a Andy Griffith kind of scenario where everybody knew everybody and you got to experience the good parts of rural community. And then coming into town and having never had movie theaters and stores and shopping malls around to be able to have everything at your uh, at your feet fingertips was just a a big difference and so people relate to things much differently depending on what access they had to things as a child and growing up and I kind of feel like I can see it from both sides for them. Yeah excellent well we'll be back in a moment with Pastor Tim Dunavant we'll hear more about his life moving from the cotton fields to the urban megalopolis of Nashville. I'm Denna Hornby and you're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're back with The Calling. We're here today with Pastor Tim Dunavant. He pastors Smith Memorial United Methodist Church and Gainsborough United Methodist Church. Tim, you were telling us in the first segment that you grew up uh, in the country in an area with cotton fields and rural life, just a real nostalgic place, it seems to me. And then you uh, were moved at a young age to Nashville, and it was a, a little bit of a culture shock for you. Tell us how a little boy from Cotton Fields moving to Nashville becomes a pastor. Well, I wish it was a prettier road than this, but uh, in the small town, we were steeped in church life, went to church every time things came around, and um, God was a center part of our environment. But as we moved into Nashville, we stopped going to church. Uh, And I fell away from any kind of thoughts about God, uh, Christ, uh, anything religious until when I was 17, I got involved with drugs and alcohol just in a recreational, I'll try this as a high school student kind of way. But I found out I had no control over that where I thought, yes, I can uh, control these things. I found out they had control over me. And by the time I was uh, 23, I was steeped as in every criminal activity you could name, that um, drug addiction and just living the worst life I could possibly imagine for anyone. Uh, did that through most of my 20s. And that 
road finally ended in Nashville when I started going to jail every time you turned around. And once the law enforcement officers know you, it's kind of hard to escape that. And I ended in jail 30 times in the last year. Wow. uh, In and out all year long until in November, uh, I was placed in Davison County Jail and was told I was going to have to stay there. And I wasn't going to get out like I wanted to. So I started praying for a book to pass the time, not for anything to um, uh, change my life or to turn me around, but just an old Western novel that was floating around in there that I thought if I could get my hands on, I could immerse myself into that culture and forget about what was going on in my life and how everything was falling down around me. Uh, But while I was praying, the Gideon's International Ministry showed up at the jail and were handing out Bibles. Um, I took one, did not want it, didn't want to read it. I actually looked at the ceiling and said, God, do you have anything else? Do you have another book? (laughs) But uh, over the period of the next two days or so i agreed to read it if god would read it with me and he has been faithful to that over the next few months i spent reading that bible looking into it and i found a lot of stuff about me i thought i'd learn about god but at first i just learned about me and who i was and and how um, i had things completely backwards in my mind Um, once i got out I set my mind on doing things right, the the best that I could on following Christ. I met a wonderful woman, uh, Stacy, who is now my wife of 12 years. I better get that right. I think 12 years. Yeah. Uh, and she lived out here in the uh, Upper Cumberland, the uh, Plateau area. And so I moved out here. We got married and I joined a uh, Methodist church here, which really taught me and grew me and gave me the opportunity to experiment with jail ministry, with preaching, with all sorts of different things until finally in 2013, they asked if I would pastor a small church in Sparta. Um, And from there, six months later, they had me pastor in four churches and now I'm at Gainesboro and it just hadn't slowed down since. Tim, you mentioned that you learned things about yourself when you were reading your Bible Uh, there in that jail cell. What sorts of things did you learn about yourself? I learned how much anger and bitterness I had been holding on to and how much that shaped my worldview. Uh, I learned about the things that I was struggling through and the troubles that I thought were uh, bad news. Me being in jail, me being in legal trouble, uh, me destroying my uh, career in several ways I thought were uh, negative aspects, and I learned that they were God's grace on me. I read the story of Jonah, and I remember it from my childhood of them saying, saying, you know, be obedient to God or the whale will eat you. And I learned that that's not really the story of Jonah as I know it. Jonah loved the whale and he was thankful for the whale because it saved him from dying at the bottom of the ocean. And that's what jail was for me. And so it taught me to look at things in an entirely different way, uh, to look at hardships, to look at personality defects, uh, and to look at the focus that was on my life, which was all about me and self-focused and self-centered and helped me re adjust that and start on a better path. Tim, that last year you were in jail 30 times. Is that correct? 30 times in that one year. So um, you're speaking from experience. So for our listeners out there who are in a place that they don't see a way out of, what, what, what statement would you offer them? What advice would you give them? 
I would say that God's grace truly is for everyone. And as much as we hate to admit it sometimes, uh, we think these Christian cliches of uh, just turn to turn your eyes upon Jesus and everything will be all right. Well, the problems don't go away, but we're going to go through these problems and struggles in our life one way or another. Uh, the choice we get is who will walk through them with us whether or not we'll recognize God's presence with us in those times. Because the truth is, even when I was going through the hard times and I didn't know God, he was still there with me. I just wasn't recognizing it. I wasn't applying it. Um, and so I would I would encourage them to call out to the Lord and to pray to God, even if it be in a very sacrilegious prayer like mine was, sitting in a jail cell with no knowledge of God whatsoever. God hears those prayers and he honors them, not because of their intelligent speech or their good theology, but because of our heart and our reverence for him. Yeah, I, I love that. You got anything else, God? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And God answers that prayer and God shows you. Yeah. What else? Yeah. God truly has. He yeah. does. That's awesome. Thank you, Tim. We're going to be back after a short break with more of The Calling with Pastor Tim Dunavant. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back with Pastor Tim Dunavant, who is at Smith Memorial and Gainesboro United Methodist Church. And Pastor Tim would like to share with us a motivational moment. As I've noticed with the problems that we all go through, and I was talking earlier about the struggles and problems that I've gone through, each and every one of us have so many things that we battle and conflicts that come at us in our life. The ways that we handle those conflicts are what define who we are and, and how we move forward in life. I was reading the scriptures this week, and I read one that was very familiar to me. I've heard it a million times. Uh, it's read at nearly every funeral I've been to, but I realized that we might not know it in quite the same way that we always have. It's Psalm 23, and in Psalm 23, we look at it for comfort because it is that time in uh, death where the Scripture says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But I started looking at the next line, verse 5, a little bit differently this week. In Psalm 23, it says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I started thinking about what that actually means, that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, that when I'm in the midst of conflict, when I'm in the midst of struggle, whether it be struggle with my spouse, struggle with my kids, my coworkers, my job, my boss, whatever it might be, where I feel like I'm struggling against all the things that are going on in this world and I don't know how to combat that, you tell us that you, God tells us that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, that the way we battle is vastly different than we may think it is. And just the other night, I had a chance to test this out when a friend of mine came over for dinner, and we had about 10 or 12 people for dinner, and a friend came, and they were very distraught, and they were having some personal problems in their life, and they wanted to focus on those and talk through some of those because it was an immediate moment. It was something overwhelming um, that they just showed up in tears. And I really heard the voice of the Lord repeating this scripture that's been in my head for a little while, and I said, well, let's try something. 
Let's not focus on rehashing every aspect of this and focusing on this for the next two hours and forgetting what God has already planned for this evening. But instead, let's sit down at the table and let's enjoy the fellowship of family and let's recognize that we fight from a place of rest, not a place of aggravation and anticipation and anxiety. I was reminded of Jesus when he is in Mark chapter 4, and the disciples wake him up from a dead sleep to calm the storms. And we know that scripture from Jesus speaks to the winds and the waves, and he rebukes the storm. But I was reminded of a pastor that taught me years ago that we only have authority over the storms that we can sleep through. That if we're going to allow anxiety and stress to build up in us so much that we allow the events to consume us, we no longer have a chance to respond to them. So whatever struggles you might be facing today, whatever conflicts you feel you may be in, whatever burdens are coming your way and wanting to consume your time, I want to encourage you to take a moment and to rest, to sit at the table with the Lord. Allow him to minister to you and spend time with God. It doesn't say that you prepare a table, but that God prepares the table that is already prepared for you. He's just inviting you to sit down and partake of fellowship with him. Thank you, Tim. I'm Denna Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we'll be back in a few moments. I'm Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. I'm here today with Pastor Tim Dunavant. Tim is the pastor at Smith Memorial United Methodist Church and Gainesboro United Methodist Church. And Tim, this is the last segment of our show. It's my favorite segment because it is where I get to ask some really fun questions, and uh, you get to respond. We'll learn more about Pastor Tim with these questions. You do get... Uh, one chance to plead the fifth. Okay. All right. So you can pass or plead the fifth on one. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I am. All right. <laughs> what has been your most embarrassing moment? That is um, a difficult question to answer because I have a tendency to forget my embarrassing oh, moments. Have there been so many of them? Well, with my life and going to jail, naturally, I would say, well, you know, the time when the SWAT team was knocking on the door and I was hiding under the couch. Is or that a true story? So it is. Oh, but, no. but those are probably a little too long and detailed to tell right now. Uh, one that comes to mind that I'll never forget is when I was working in healthcare at an assisted living, I was the chef there, and I was getting ready to serve lunch, and I ripped my pants. Oh, no. And I don't mean in a small way. Oh, I mean, like, down to my knee. Um, and so I quickly grabbed a stapler and ran to the bathroom because it's the only <laughs> thing I could think of. And I pulled them off, and I stapled them together as best I could to just hold together for a minute, and I walked like a zombie, mummy wrapped <laughs> up, until I got done with lunch, but the staples were digging into me and coming out of the pants and it wasn't going to work for long but i got through the lunch shift and i had to be there through dinner as well and there were nowhere to shop in this town there was no clothing stores around and i had nothing else and so i went into the one place that had stuff but they didn't have anything that would fit me there was nothing around and so i got the only pair of pants that i could find that i could afford that i thought would even remotely work <laughs> 
and I had to work the rest of the shift wearing those, and they did not fit. So they were not buttoned or zipped. Oh, My belt was just holding them on. They were little kids' pants, I think. And I had to walk around like a zombie with my shirt hanging out uh, and hanging down far enough that I think maybe no one else noticed. <laughs> But I assume people had to know why I was wonder why I was walking so weirdly and That's not great. bending my knees. <laughs> so I'm assuming in this kitchen there weren't like really large aprons that you could wear to cover your pants. There was a large apron, and so I had it on, but the hole that was showing was from the back, so I had the apron on for the rest of the day. <laughs> now that you mention that, I remember a couple people asked me, Tim, you never wore an apron. Why are you wearing an apron? Just be quiet. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a messy day in the kitchen. I need an apron. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Have you, Pastor Tim, have you ever texted the wrong person? Oh, gosh. Actually, a few times. Have you done said anything that was unfortunate in that text? I've never been, uh, never had repercussions or consequences for it, um, but I have had someone before that called me out of the blue one day and wanted to uh, take me out shopping. I had lost a bunch of weight and they wanted to take me out shopping for some new suits to preach in. And so I was excited. And so I texted my wife to tell her, hey, we're going to go out shopping. And this is a really great gift. I know you don't like me buying new suits. This is a really great gift. And I put a monetary value of whatever I thought it was going to be worth to us. And I thought, this is awesome. And put a number next to it. And um, I realized I'd actually sent that to the original person that was taking me out. (laughs) And uh, I don't think it was worded in a way he appreciated, but I was very thankful Uh, Did you still get to go shopping? Yes, and he pretended like he never got the text. Oh, how gracious. That's a point of grace. (laughs) Yes. Wow. So what did you estimate your suits at? I think I told her that's like a $500 to $700 value. You know, this is a great thing. We're getting free money, basically. And And your shopping trip just went down to a $250 purchase. Yeah, it didn't end up being as much (laughs) as I had thought. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's great. All right, Tim. Um, years ago, growing up in rural Tennessee with cotton fields all around you, did you ever have a favorite Christmas present? Hmm. There were a few, but probably my favorite, there was a little Hot Wheels set that I can still remember to this day. Um, but probably my favorite was when I got a new bike. The oh. only thing to do in that town was to ride around on your bike. Uh, and I had a dog that went with me everywhere I went. I should have named it Lassie because I was Timmy and oh. uh, it would have worked out well. But we just rode around that town everywhere we went on that bike and that dog. And when I've gone back to visit, I still have people say, oh, I remember when you used to ride your bike around here with that little dog. And um, that just kind of defined that time in my life. So there's wow. nothing more fun than riding on my bike oh that's awesome you know i'm a i'm a dog person what was your dog's name spike spike timmy yeah. and spike i think spike's a cool name for a dog i like spike he was yeah. off of bugs bunny the cartoons you know awesome that is awesome okay let's see i think we're down to our last question if I'm, i may have lost count but i think we're down to our last question let's see pastor tim tell us wait well, let me ask this do you have netflix I do. Okay. Tell us your favorite Netflix show. Hmm. 
I don't watch many shows on Netflix, though. Can I use Amazon Prime? Absolutely. There is one that I really liked. I, I've kind of gotten tired of it, but Man in the High Castle. Have you seen that? I have not. That's what would the world be like if we lost World War II? Oh. And so half of the U.S. is the Japanese Empire, and the other half is the Nazi states. And there's the resistance fighting against them and trying to overcome and get things back to the way it should be. And it's uh, it's really interesting. They got a little crazy in last season, but uh, it's still very creative and very um, innovative. I, I really liked it. Okay. Everybody out there who's an Amazon subscriber. Man in the High Castle. There you go. Recommended by Pastor Tim. Tim, I want to thank you for being here today and for sharing your story, a little bit about your life and your call to ministry. Tim Donovan is the pastor at Smith Memorial and Gainesboro United Methodist Church. And Tim, before we go, tell us the times that your congregations meet. Smith Memorial is near Salt Lake Campground in Jackson County, and that meets at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And Gainesboro First UMC is right off the square in Gainesboro in Jackson County, and it meets at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning with Sunday School at 10. Wonderful. If you're looking for a place to worship, you have just found it with Pastor Tim Donovan at Smith Memorial and Gainesboro United Methodist Church. Thank you, Tim, for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm Dana Hornby. You've been listening to The Calling. We'll see you next time.